0: Well, hi, oh, hello, oh, hello, hello, Jake. Oh my God, I ha- I can't even remember how to turn the microphone on. Hello, it's Jake. I and <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Who am I? Where have I? Who are you? That's the real question. Who are you? What? Are- <laughs> thank, thank you for waiting. However long you've been waiting, or if you've just uh, started to listen to this, it's weird that you've just started. Because really, in a way, so have I. It's been almost three months since my last podcast with uh, uh, Whitney Whitrock on, uh, I guess it came out on January 20th. I'm just looking at it now. That was episode, uh, what episode was that? That was 219. This is episode 220. (laughs) Uh, So it's ridiculous of me to even say that I've got an idea or a plan about what's going to come next or what I'm doing because look how I've let uh, myself down. Look. If I could be fired from my own podcast, that would have happened, but this is living truth of a thing that I always say about show business, which the great thing is uh, about show business, is that you can't be fired from show business. As long as you keep doing it, you're in it. You have to quit. You have to quit, and I haven't quit. I always say don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later, and it may have seemed like I gave up, but uh, in fact, I didn't. I was just taking a little—I was just having a big sip— from the cup of giving up, and uh, I guess I didn't enjoy it because here I am. It's episode two hundred twenty. So, what what can we say about what's happening next? Well, I don't really know the answer to that. Uh, why am I doing a podcast? I can't. I don't know what the answer to that is even. I I've enjoyed talking to people on the podcast over the years of talking to people, and I do enjoy my friend Nigel who i think will be back uh, soon for an episode of this podcast but but really the bigger question is, is what what's going on what is this show what is it about what am i doing well i don't i don't really have a great answer for you there uh, it's just me and uh, trying to figure out what the, this being a being a person it's not easy being a person and and now more than ever um, i'm struggling with it in a sense Of uh, In a sense of What am I doing? Why am I here? Where have I been? Well I can tell you where I've been I've been all over the place, I've been on tour with Russell Peters So that is one of my excuses for not Doing another episode, the last episode Posted on January 20th And uh, January 31st I left on A a six week Tour of Australia And New Zealand And Asia, really we went to I I feel like I've listed this in the other Episodes, but I can tell you all the places that we went. We went to uh, Perth and uh, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Auckland, Singapore, Jakarta, then I think we went to Kuala Lumpur, and then Bangkok, and then Tokyo, and then Manila, and then Hong Kong. And it was really a a great, great trip. Russell is a, a very generous and also hugely funny comedian. Uh, But as a human being, he's quite generous, and so it was great to be part of his world. And and I'm going to go back and be part of his world in a couple weeks. I'm off to the UK and Europe. And look, don't even bother checking my website because I haven't put his dates on my website. Go to Russell Peters' website, see where he is, and then I'll be coming along, I think. I think to most of those I'm coming along. There was a casino date in Canada that I won't be in attendance at, but there's just one of those shows. Otherwise, I'll be, I'll be with him. So we had a great time in all those places, and I have to say, that uh, it was a funny kind of vacation, because while I was free to go and see things in those places, I cr- I climbed the bridge, in uh, in Sydney as I as I said that that was the one thing that I wanted to do before I left, and I did do that. I climbed over the top of the uh, well. We don't go. You don't go all the way over the top. You go up to the top and then back down the same side. You don't go down the other side. So uh, a spoiler alert, if you think that's what's going to happen, you're going to have to break some rules to accomplish that and probably it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. They have you hooked into a thing the whole time. I was really thinking that that climbing the Sydney Bridge would be a facing a fear thing and really challenging myself and really the big challenge was just to commit to do it because I thought that that's what was going to happen. But then when you actually go, of course, you're clipped on to a cable that I think you could figure out how to unclip yourself and jump off the bridge if you wanted to but there's a there's enough forethought involved that uh, you know you're not going to make a spur of the moment to mistake if you want to jump off something there's there's other ways to go than to try and suicide yourself off the Sydney bridge tour um but it was very exciting to be up on top of that bridge and to, it wasn't it wasn't a cheap adventure but it was uh, it was really worth it it was great fun and I uh, went with Russell's assistant Eddie who was nice enough to uh, to make that climb with me, I think he enjoyed it too. We've got some great <laughs> souvenir photos uh, of those memories that will last a lifetime for both Eddie and I. Um, and sadly, I didn't post that photo I think on my on my tweets or my Instagrams, but I but I have it. It's a <laughs> if you want to come over and look at it. Um, so that was a that was a great experience, the Sydney Bridge climb, and then to be in Jakarta and experience the traffic. It was a funny kind of vacation because. Uh, there were, there were the shows and the travel to go to do the next show, so quite a few of the spots. We were in Singapore for a long time, which was great. My wife lived there when she was a, a child, and so I got to go see her old house and some of the places in Singapore that, that she had remembered from you know, those 30-something years since she was that age. Um, so Singapore has changed a lot since then, and I can highly recommend Singapore as a destination just because... You get the whole experience of being in that uh, Asia-Malaysia kind of uh, environment, but it's completely safe. It's like the Disneyland of that, Uh, in a good way, not in a bad way, but also in a a Disney-fied way. And then there's Jakarta, which is the full-on, every movie where they go to Jakarta, and it's chaos and scooters and people, you know, James Bond chasing people across construction sites and getting punched and falling into a yard full of people with guns, uh, that, that's, you can't even, you can't even walk anywhere in Jakarta, the sidewalks don't connect to the hotel, so you have to sort of, as soon as you're out of the hotel, you're you're into this crazy chaos world, there's a, there's basically, it's not a highway, but it's a six-lane road right out in front of the hotel, and if you can get to the other side, there's some street vendors but then there's no sidewalk, so you're kind of walking on the curb and kind of in the street and trying to get to some other part of the neighborhood, and the traffic is so thick most of the day that you can't really drive anywhere either. And when you when you walk to the, we we're staying in a pretty nice hotel, when you walk to the mall that's connected to the hotel, as soon as you walk out of the hotel, you kind of go backwards through the metal detector that you have to go to, to get into the hotel, and then you walk on a, on a underground hallway that only connects the hotel to the mall but when you go into the mall you have to go through another metal detector security card checkpoint to get into the mall so you do have the sense <laughs> that that they're really trying to work hard to keep shit from going wrong um, and you don't feel like you're in any danger but at the same time you're in a place where the message is like there's there's danger there's danger around <laughs> we're just we're keeping you safe and that was that was true of of Jakarta, and Kuala Lumpur, and Manila. I mean, a lot of the places that we went, there, there's there's we were also staying at swanky hotels where I suppose the, there's you know there's income disparity, and we're the people who've got the money, and the other people who who want it are anyway. I don't, I don't know. There was a lot to there was a lot to take on board with that. So we saw those places, but from the point of view of being. Uh, being at the being at the swanky spot and so it wasn't the you know you weren't just backpacking and pretending that you were really on the on the knife's edge of the world which I don't even think that experience exists anymore I I feel like tourism is so established and anywhere you go you're getting some level of curated experience so either you're the rich guy who's totally in a bubble going in a in a SUV with a police escort to go see something, or or you're in some lesser version of that. But you're but you're not. You're never on your own, just walking around, because you're too different, and it just didn't seem like that was on. But but, but I suppose maybe it is, and maybe I'm just a maybe I'm just a white privileged uh, douchebag. You know, we can't rule that out. More and more, <laughs> more and more that uh, that seems like the obvious conclusion that I've got a that I've got to make about myself. I'm a, I'm a white male douchebag, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not happy about it. But it but it also seems like look, I'm just doing the best I can. I can't I can't uh, I can't really I'm, I appreciate my white privilege, and uh, you know, I'm not I'm not giving it up. I'd, I wish I could give it to more people. I wish more people could have it. Maybe that's is, that's... is that a douchebag thing to say? Who even knows nowadays? It's so hard to not be an asshole now. Uh, I've noticed, at least in reading Twitter. that Maybe that's one of the things that's kept me away from doing the podcast, is there's just so many ways that you can screw up. You know, you can be... You can be, uh, you know, the white privilege race. You can be a man in a world where women need to be respected and you are not one of the guys who are disrespecting them, or so you think, but also you're a member of that group. Anyway, it's just, uh, <laughs> I don't want to complain about how hard it is to be a white guy, because it's not. It's fucking awesome. Um, but... It is it is just a little bit trickier to be a decent guy in a world where there's a lot of assholes. As I'm sure that you all know, <laughs> because we're all trying to be decent guys. When I say guys, I mean people. We're trying to be decent people in a world of assholes. Also, you know, the president, I what am I here to talk about? I don't know. I don't want to talk about the president. There's so many people. That's one of the reasons I haven't done a podcast in so long. Our stupid president... You know, and when I say ours, I know that there's people listening. Shout out to my friend David in Scotland he's not your president, but in a way he is isn't he? The President of the United States is everybody's president of the United States, and a lot of people in the world didn't even have the opportunity to vote for him and i or or vote against him as I did, but uh, you know he's still he's still our president. Our stupid president is very aggravating, and I don't want to come on here and complain about him because there's so many more. Informed people who articulating, or who are articulating their frustrations with that guy. Um, but you know, you can you can wake up in the morning and be so angry about him that uh, <laughs> that it's hard to, to to put on a happy face and talk about something else. And so that's kept me away from doing the podcast, along with also, you know, let's face it, being a little bit uh, cranky about my own. Like, oh, what am I doing? Why am I going on? Who's listening to this? What am I talking to them about? What do I have to offer to them? What can I what can I tell them about the world that they don't already know? Um, I've told you about Singapore as Disneyland of, uh, <laughs> of Malaysia it used to be part of Malaysia, but it's not uh anymore you know it's it's, it's 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 its own independent thing, and aren't we all our own independent things jakarta uh it's it's an interesting place to go, but I don't know how you would go there and get around the traffic is so unbelievable, and the night we went to the gig we had a we had a police escort, but it was on the way to the gig. It was full-on Blade Runner. It was raining. There was It was during sunset, so there was the Muslim call to prayer was going on. So you said, that's coming over loudspeakers. Um, so it's getting dark. It's raining. The traffic is thick. There's people on scooters. It started raining during the drive, so all at once, all the scooter drivers didn't have raincoats on, and then they did have raincoats on. At some point, there's this transition that... that that you sort of witness happening, but everybody's putting their scooters, their their rain gear on there at the same time, and every opening between any car that's big enough for a scooter is taken up by scooters. If you go to my Twitter, you can see video of that, where people are people are passing us on the road, and it looks like we're moving backwards because the scooters are just flowing around in front of us. So. Uh, so that was Jakarta. Kuala Lumpur was great. We got to go to a street market. I got grabbed by the arm by someone who I think was flirting with me, who uh I think was a was a woman, but it could have been a you know again we're in a little bit of a I, I don't wanna hurt anybody's feelings, but I but I t I you can't always tell Look, I'm married, so I'm not interested in anybody. If it's a man, if it's a woman, if it's a person with a penis who also identifies as a woman, or a person with a vagina who uh, is shopping around for penises, but also, you know, I don't. Anyway, it was a person who I didn't understand everything about them, and not that you have to understand it, but they, they, they wanted to (coughs) start some kind of a, I think romantic would be the wrong word, but some kind of a sexual encounter with me. They grabbed me by the, their grip. The grip was different from their appearance. They had a very firm grip, which is not to say that feminine ladies can't have a firm grip. I know that they can because I've also been taking jujitsu. So, uh, look, uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to stay out of trouble here. Anyway, so that happened in Kuala Lumpur. Somebody grabbed me by the arm and all we had, uh, we tasted durian fruit, which you can see some video of me eating durian fruit, which is a bit like uh, body odor and ashtray m- flavored custard. I don't understand how they say that it's the king of all fruits because it's not. Trust me, it's not for us. When I say us, I mean anyone who speaks English should be forewarned to just have a little taste of the durian fruit and see if you like it before you go for the full-on mouthful, like I did. I thought I was being, uh, I thought, well, I'm really going to, I'm going to taste this. Why would I, why would I not really give a give a full go on, uh, on durian fruit. And I have to say it, it was, I don't regret it, but I've done it. I'm not going to be doing it again. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be trying durian fruit again. That's just, it's not, it's It's not for me. It's not for me. I don't, and I, I dare say it's not for you either, but and then again, that's, that's your business and it's your lesson t- to learn. You can either learn it the easy way by listening to me or you can learn it the hard way by tasting it yourself and I know the hard way is always better they call it the hard way but it's really the best way to learn things in a certain sense I mean you got to learn from uh, this is the thing that I've heard so what do you like in the world I like listening to some uh, motivational life coachy performancey kind of stuff and uh, you have to learn from mistakes but that doesn't mean that you have to make the mistakes other people can make the mistakes that you can learn from. So I feel like I've made the mistake of tasting durian fruit, but it wasn't a big enough mistake that I would say to you, don't. You know, it wasn't like it was poison. It wasn't like I got went to the hospital or had, so I say, you know, if you wanna learn it the hard way, this is one of those ones where go ahead, learn it the hard way. And they call it the hard way, but it's really the, some, some people have to do it that way in order to learn it. So uh, So there's durian fruit for you and Kuala Lumpur. Also, uh, I think that that's what, we, that's what we did, and then we went to Bangkok. And I have to say, um, Bangkok was terrific. Uh, Russell and some of the other guys who had been there before insisted that I had to go. We went to the Pat Pong night market, and they said, you know, you need to go see the uh, <laughs> the I don't even know what to what to call it, but the the one place where you'd go to see this thing it was called Pussy Magic or god super pussy but super pussy was closed so i think the place we went to was pussy magic and uh, i don't want to go too much into it but it was a bit it was a bit of a magic show there was the classic ping pong ball thing and we saw a person a woman smoke a cigarette and open a beer bottle and blow out some birthday candles and several other things and uh Yes, of course. It was exploitative, uh although we were the one. It you, you when you're in there watching the thing and and it wasn't just guys and it's not it did not feel sexual. It felt uh it felt like a creepy burlesque vaudeville type show. Um and <laughs> uh you know, I I don't I don't think I would want any women that i know doing that job but uh it definitely felt like the people in the audience were the ones who were being hustled and exploited you know there was a there was there was said to be no cover charge and then there was a cover charge and then every time one of these uh tricks <laughs> it was a bit magic was performed there was a, there they would come around to be for a tip and uh, you feel like well i don't want to be a jerk i've never seen that before i better i'm going to tip so um, so anyway, I saw that show. Uh, I don't uh, regret going to see that show, but I have to say I won't be going to see that show again. And that is also something that I can say. Um, you 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 might want to learn that the hard way by going to see it, um, as opposed to just taking my word for what happened. But all of the, all of those things I said happened in, along with the balloons were popped with darts that were shot out of a real blowgun. Um, and my friend's name was written on a piece of paper, and uh, an egg fell out of a lady into a glass and broke. And so I, I, all of those things I saw. Uh, and you can go see them too, if you go to Bangkok. So that' happened in Bangkok. I also bought a nice Bruce Lee souvenir T-shirt. <laughs> so So there you go. So Bangkok. That was Bangkok. I don't even know if I should be admitting to these things. But th- the, but those are things. Those are things that I saw that happened. And then we went to Tokyo, which is unbelievably... I'd always heard that Tokyo was expensive. And, uh, you know, and I when, I when they said it was expensive, I thought it was going to be like double what it costs to do anything in New York City. And it's just so expensive that you're going to get gas out of money. And how could it be worth it? But in fact... Tokyo is expensive in the way that, uh, that New York City or London are expensive. You know, the, it's you're paying more than what you thought you were going to pay. But at the same time, there's less expensive options for meals and transportation. And it's such a different kind of cultural thing. It, it felt very safe in terms of, you know, you didn't have that armed guard thing going on. But also alien and familiar at the same time because... Uh, uh, the Allies and America won the uh, Second World War. In in the, you know, we 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 dropped that atomic bomb, two of them, on Japan, and then and then we were there. So that jazz from the 40s and 50s. There's a lot of times you're walking around Tokyo seeing crazy Japanese stuff, and then the music that's coming out of a place is 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 kind of like. Miles Davis or Ornette Coleman or, uh, you know, John Coltrane jazz. And it's so, so, so it's got this clash of that, uh, just around mid-century America, um, madmen musical feeling and styling, but Japanese. So that that's going on. And, uh, And all the cab drivers wear suits and ties and white. a lot of them have white gloves on and there's little doily seat covers and and just uh, robots and a lot of people who are different than you and delicious. I mean, I love Japanese food. So I highly recommend Tokyo and that is a place that I'm definitely going to be going back to. We went to a bar that was, this guy has been open for 15 years and it was his, it was called the b j s blues jazz soul bar and it's the one guy he'd bought all of these they said ten thousand albums, but I think there was closer to fifteen or maybe even twenty thousand the whole- all the walls were covered with albums, and it wasn't that big of a place you know it was maybe three or four hundred square feet you know so you know to convert it to meters I don't know what that would be, but it's you know anyway, it's maybe uh, I, I don't know. It's not that big of a. It's not that big of a place. It's basically the length of a of a bar, and then the width of a couple of tables on the other side of the bar, and so it held about fifteen people. This guy plays music from his record collection. It's all blues, jazz, soul, hip hop, you know, R and B. He, according to our friend who took us there. This guy had bought all these records on the day they were released in Japan. That may or may not be true, but it's his personal record collection of that kind of music. He plays, so he DJs, and then he bartends, and it only seats 15 people. He's been doing it seven days a week for 15 years, from 7 in the evening till 11 at night. So he's just in there for those hours of operation. And uh, you go and you experience the thing that he loves in his personal space. It's like going to some cool guy's basement and just grooving on his record collection while you drink uh, his whiskey, which you pay for. Um, but the, you know they just have one kind of one kind of whiskey, one kind of vodka, one kind of scotch, and then or one kind of uh, gin, and then they and then a couple kinds of beer and wine, and then that's it. And you have your drinks, and there's one toilet, and you just. Go and get immersed in his world And it was just the greatest place You know, when I talk about What am I doing with this podcast If I could do with this podcast What that guy has done with his life Which is just like I found this thing that I love Which is this music And I opened this place Where only people who love the thing that I love Come and soak in the thing that I love While I serve them drinks And they pay me And we all love the same thing together I mean, it's it's your dream come true it was just the greatest. It was, that was a great, great experience. So the BJS bar, and it was in the uh, oh god, we were staying in near Shinjuku station, but that was near Shibuya station, Shibuya. Um, and of course, if you're going to Tokyo and you need to know more information about that, I can give you the. I can give you a photo of what the place looks like outside, and and uh, all whatnot. But it was it was really. It was really, really great. We, that was a great experience. And then the night that we left Tokyo, or the night before we left, we went out to a neighborhood behind Shinjuku Station, which was just a kind of narrow pedestrian streets, three or four narrow blocks of pedestrian streets, where on either side of the street, one after another, are bars that are about 15 feet wide. And, you know, that each seated ten or twelve people. And it wasn't they weren't as cool. Well, we only went in one of those, so but they all had the personal it was the owner owns the bar and you go into his little tiny universe and he serves you drinks. But the but the whole neighborhood was other versions of this guy. They they didn't look to be as great as the Blues Jazz Soul Bar, but it was this idea that you open a bar that's just big enough for you to run as the bartender. And people come in and soak in your world is a is a common thing that's going on in Tokyo, and I really did like it. I, I I don't know well, I guess I do know why it doesn't happen here in the United States is because we've got permits and liquor licenses, and you just couldn't economically pay for all the insurance and permits and all that other stuff, and and financially make a place work that was that small. But that was that was just that. Japan feels like it's this alternate universe of people's own favorite things. There's just all these little kind of science fiction universes inside of this giant science fiction place. Tokyo feels a little bit like the, the future and the past kind of folded over on each other in a in a in a you know the <laughs> the nice part of Blade Runner. Jakarta feels like full on Blade Runner and Tokyo feels like the the dream the the dream of what we all thought Blade Runner was going to be uh, until it went wrong and we wound up in Jakarta. So, that was Tokyo, and then we went to Manila which is also influenced by the United States, you know, and and it and we ran into uh, um, I think his uh, Rex uh Neverett who is uh, an American comedian who's from the Philippines, and we saw him there, and we had a great time in the Philippines, and uh, that, (laughs) we went to a place there and saw, well, they call it midget boxing, but of course, we call that little people boxing here, but that's what we went to see, and I'm just telling you what they called it, so you can understand that, and it was really small people who put on boxing gloves and get in a ring and have a sort of a pretend fight, and <laughs> you pay for over-priced drinks, and you laugh, and then there's girls that can sit in your lap, if you want that to happen, I didn't have that happen, I wasn't interested in that, because, well, I mean, let's not say I wasn't interested, I mean, I'm always interested, I'm a heterosexual person, and it would be fun to have women sit in my lap, I mean, but uh, I, I have a wife, and that's just off-limits, and it's not allowed, and also, it's exploitative and naughty, again, I'm in trouble, but... Just uh, I didn't I didn't do it. I watched the I watched the boxing. I drank a couple beers. I talked to some of the other local comedians and I had a good time. And that was that. And then we ended up in Hong Kong, which was fantastic. I saw the Bruce Lee statue. I hadn't been to Hong Kong since uh, 1999. If you listen to my uh, CD, Jake, this live at Cobb's uh, Cobb's uh, Club. You can, uh, it's blue with a, it looks like an old Blue Note Jazz cover. That CD of mine has some bits about my trip to Hong Kong in the year 2000. And uh, it was great to go back to Hong Kong, and I met the guy who owns the club there, and so hopefully I'll be get to go back to Hong Kong again but it was just it was just a really cool place. Hong Kong is another place that I as, as I would recommend as a Westerner. as a westerner you can go as a tourist you can you can have as in air quotes authentic an experience as you want but you can also experience enough of the western world to to not feel like you're going to be <laughs> you're not going to eat something that's going to make you sick anyway. Uh I, I enjoyed Hong Kong. Took a picture with the Bruce Lee statue, uh went to the top of the mountain, saw the view, the billboards, the buildings that light up like billboards were amazing. And uh so it it was just a it was just a great great trip. Um and I'm looking forward to the next uh the next uh, leg of the trip, when we go to London, we're doing a show in Wembley, uh, and uh, shout out to David, who I know is listening, who's been kind of goading me on to do another episode, and, uh, and so this is it, and I wish I could tell you what the future holds as far as the podcast. I'd love to just come on here and talk, but I don't really know what exactly am I going to talk about. I don't know if I want to talk about current events. I don't even know really what I want to do going forward in term I love my career as a stand-up. I love doing live comedy shows, and that's great. Uh, someone said to me, uh, my friend Ramin, who I did these shows with last uh, last fall in D.C., was saying, you should write a book. So I was thinking, well, maybe I should write a book. But then you go into the, what What do you write your book about? What do you do your podcast about? Well, the first thing they say is, what do you love? What, what are the things that you love? What could you talk about for hours, and not get tired of, and so um, I love talking about stuff, uh, motivational type of things. I love I love saying to people, "Don't give up." There'll be plenty of time to give up later. I, I I heard someone say the other day, "Don't cry to quit." Don't you know when you cry, you're crying. You're so beat down that you're crying. Don't cry to quit. Cry to keep going. I thought that was a good one. So I like I like reading about that kind of stuff, the motivational things. I, I like uh, fitness. I guess I don't really talk about it that much, and I'm not a fitness nut. That's the other thing. It's like I'm not some guru nut, but I've been going to jujitsu now. I'm loving that as a workout, but I don't feel like I've done enough of that to be qualified as any kind of person who should be talking about it. But I can say that if you're thinking about it, you should definitely try jiu it's a It's a great workout, and I had never done a martial art, and I was really also, the thing that I like about it is the uh, the, the kind of uh, part of a, a family that you feel when you're there. Everybody, the people who are better than you, which is everyone there, uh, are are interested in helping you to get better at this thing that you both uh, really like. And it's and it's addictive. It's addictive to learn more. It's addictive to be fully engaged in this physical and mental struggle with another person. Um, it's complete flow experience because you don't, you can't think about anything besides what you're doing. When you're meditating, you're trying to only think about what it is you're doing. But when you're doing Jiu-Jitsu, you are doing jiu you can not think about anything besides what you're doing. You are fully, fully engaged mentally and physically and that's a great thing about it. So, you're in that class for however long you're in there and you're only thinking about that one thing. So, it's you have a nice Vacation from yourself and a workout with, you don't. Know, I mean, obviously, you you know that you're doing a physical thing, but you don't feel like you're working out when you're finished. You realize, oh my god, my body is torn down. I got these bruises on my arms that I don't even know when I got them. You know, because you're just so busy doing what you're doing, you don't think about it. So, so I can I can say that I'm passionate about that at least at the moment, but I don't know that that's what I'm going to be talking about in the podcast. Maybe the podcast is just going to be a journal of me, what I did every week. Uh, but I, but I had sort of fixated on this idea of writing a book. But but this, what are you passionate about? What do you love? I love, um, I love science fiction stuff. I mean, I love conspiracy theory. Um, and the current thing that I'm really down the rabbit hole on is this whole AI. I watched this documentary uh, yesterday called. Uh, Oh, my God. Do you trust this computer? Elon Musk had recommended it. And you can watch it if, you, if you're if you listening. You may still be able to watch it for free. I don't know. But you can go online and, and see if you can watch Do You Trust This Computer? I thought it was really informative about just what's going on with AI. AI. And then I had read a, a long post by, I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, his website is Wait But Why?, And that's about AI. And it's just about how these machines, we're we're trying to teach these machines how to be like us. And they are going to figure it out, figure out how to be like us and figure out how to know all the things that we know at the same time, except not just the things that you know, the things that you know, and everybody else knows at once, they're going to become super intelligent. It's going to, all at once, you're going to realize, oh, the machines are starting to get smart, and then they're going to be infinitely smarter than us within... A short period of time. And by short, I mean like potentially minutes uh, at the most days, and then it's going to be too late. Uh, in terms of they're just going to be smarter than us, and we're going to be... they're, they're going to be in charge. And we're going to hope that they're benevolent <laughs> towards us. But they're learning how to be whatever they're going to be by observing us and our history and all the things that we posted on Facebook. So you tell me how... <laughs> you think the machines are going to treat us when they're in charge and they've learned how to be in charge by observing us. Hm. Well, so that's uh, worrisome, but th- but that's a that's a thing that I think about. So what's my book going to be about? I think the only thing my book can be about is is me and uh, and my life and the things that I've done and, and then how do you put that in who wants to read that? I don't know if I even want to I don't know if I even want to write it much less who's going to want to read it. But then again, you've been listening to this for however long you've been listening to it. And uh, I, can't, <laughs> I can't really say I understand all of that. I, I feel like the, there's only one person who I've been, I don't even know who I'm telling this to, but you're listening to this. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the story of my trip uh, with Russell to Asia. I'm going to be thinking on this and what I'm going to do next and what I'm going to talk about. It's obviously I've got to come up I'm, I'm asking myself the question what am I most passionate about and I'm going to ask myself that question every day for the next week and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to tell you what I've found out and if you care of course you always have a choice. You can (laughs) <laughs> you could have already stopped listening to this. Uh, so, thanks thanks for all your support. There's plenty of back episodes to listen to. I'm trying to decide what the future of this podcast is going to be. The reason that I don't quit and I don't give up is there's something that I like about doing this. But I do realize that uh, <laughs> the reason that I haven't been doing more episodes is I didn't really... Want to ask someone else to come on and talk to them as much as I enjoy doing that, and I didn't really feel like I had a clear plan about what I was going to talk about. So I'm not sure that I even had a clear plan today, except to kind of update update you on that trip. And also, I felt like it. I I owed it to anyone who's listening <laughs> to sort of put something out by way of a this is what's going now, going on now. So uh, my intention is to be back in a week with more, and what that will be, I will have to explain to you then. <laughs> meanwhile, I hope you will I hope you're not giving up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later if 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 anything I've proven that you may have thought I gave up, but i didn't surprise I'm still here, and surprise you're still here that's 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 my takeaway from all of this surprise you're still here. Uh, Thank you for that. If anyone would like to tell me what uh, their ideas are about what they would be interested in having me talk about or what they think my book could be about, uh, those people, (laughs) which would be you, uh, can email me at jake at com. I do read all those emails. I'm not always answering all of them, but I'm going to be better about that. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at Jake This. I'm on Facebook. You can like my Facebook page. Uh, you know, I hate to toot that horn because Facebook is such a. What kind of. They've been participating in some naughty. Well, they're spying on us. They're part of the reason that the AI is going to be naughty and not nice later on. But you can like my Facebook page, and I really appreciate it if you would do that because it seems like. The more or the less you post on Facebook, people like and unlike you. There's no real way to figure out what they're doing and why they're doing what they're doing. And when you watch this movie, do you trust this computer? You will see that the whole point of Facebook is to keep you on Facebook, which is the whole point of TV news and all that other stuff is to keep you listening to it. Maybe that's the whole point of this. But uh, I'm trying to give something back. I'm trying to. Uh, hopefully, you're interested. But. Uh, If you wouldn't mind liking my Facebook page, uh, a lot of my self-esteem is tied up into the amount of people who like my Facebook page, and I'm really trying to change that. But meanwhile, (laughs) if you could help me out by clicking and liking on it, and and see if you're sitting next to someone at a restaurant and they seem nice, if you you could get them to like my Facebook page and tell them to please not unlike it later. Uh, Maybe they could just mute me. Um, But don't don't unlike me because, uh, like I said, it really puts a crimp in my day. I'm I'm working with a therapist on this, but... uh, you know I'm kidding, right? I am kidding. But I'm also partially telling the truth. This social media, it's a real motherfucker. You guys are great. I've got to go. I don't really have to go, but I feel like I'm gassed. I'm out of gas on this whole thing. And I've got to go pick my daughter up from basketball. So, I love you. Thank you. I will talk to you soon. That is is—I <laughs> want to say it's a no-bullshit promise, but I wouldn't believe you. Uh, I wouldn't blame you for not believing me right now, because I think the last time I said I was going to be back sooner than this, and I wasn't. But this time, um, (laughs) this time it's no bullshit. Oh, God, you hate to be that guy, but I'm that guy right now. And the only way I cannot be that guy is to actually be back next time. And I know that. I'm going to make a note of that. I'm going to write it down. Don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. I love you. I care about you. I can't wait to see you at a show. If you are listening to this and you come to a show and you don't say hello to me afterwards, you've got to ask yourself who the asshole is. I'm pretty sure it's not me. Okay, don't be the asshole. Nope, oh, there's your t-shirt. Thank you. Talk to you later.